Welcome everyone. You are listening to the I Am a Spartan podcast with your host, Scott Knowles. Enjoy the show. It will probably suck. <laughs> Scott the Fane Knowles, and you are listening to another episode of I'm a Spartan OCR Podcast. Got a cool interview for y'all tonight. I know it's been a while. Don't get mad at me. Been busy. Been busy. But anyway, got Ashley Heller to talk to us, and uh, hope you enjoy it. Here it is. Ashley Heller, what is up with you today, girl? Hi. Just, you know, living the dream. <laughs> so first... And foremost, I just want to congratulate you on placing sixth place in the national series for Spartan Race this year. Uh, <laughs> yeah, thanks. Actually, I wasn't super pleased with that race. Right. But uh, I guess we call it a series. That's not so bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, do you remember a lot of that race? It seems like 50 years ago. Was that a good, I mean, what was the pros and cons of that race for you? Um, <laughs> well, uh, in January, or February, I guess it's February, I wasn't at peak fitness because, you know, Worlds is not till seven or eight months later. Right. Um, but, uh, no, I felt pretty good, I guess, going into it. I had goals of getting on the podium, and I was, even though I finished sixth, I was in contention for that. Um, and then some stupid things happened. I actually got stuck in the barbed wire. Oh no. So was it your hair? It like, yeah, it was my hair. Oh, <laughs> it was bummer. like a, me, Natalie, Leanne, Wassany, and Lily Elkin were kind of like all right there and we kept going back and forth and then I got stuck in the barbed wire and they just took off away from me and I was like, no, and I was right next to or right close to the finish. So I got stuck there for what seemed like an eternity. Like it took forever, um, and I couldn't get out. I like tried to rip my hair, and it was it was so in there I couldn't even rip it. Um, and oh, there's pictures no. actually from the race, and there's just like hair, <laughs> like uh, just blowing in the wind off the barbed wire. Oh, Masochistic photographer, what a jerk! <laughs> <laughs> no, not a jerk, but it was funny. That's I mean, that sucks, man. That yeah, sucks. that's all right. So it happens we... part of the race. Yeah man and it was cold that day too i was at that race it was it was it was a jacksonville race you know i didn't think it was cold coming from idaho that was pretty warm in february yeah that was a cold that was a cold (laughs) jacksonville florida for us down here in south oh that was nice (laughs) oh i'm sure it was compared to where you where you live from you live in idaho right yeah i'm in southwest idaho so in february it's like 10 oh maybe that's gross (laughs) That's gross as yeah. hell. It's, gr- it's cold. Yeah, nope. Nope. Don't want that here. So, you know, I think I was in Alabama last year, and uh, I think Kevin Gelati was behind me. And, I mean, I I'm, I know your hair is kind of longer, too, but I saw, like, when he was going under the barbed wire, I mean, my hair's long, but it's not that long. But right. he actually took his ponytail and, like, put it in his mouth so I guess it oh, wouldn't yeah. get caught on the barbed wire. 
Yeah, I've seen him do that, but he keeps like a low pony, and I just I didn't think I don't know I wasn't thinking about that. I was thinking yeah. about winning races, not my hair. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> and then you got to think too, like the barbed wire was pretty early at Alabama. You know, at the end of the race, yeah. And at Jacksonville, you had to go up that steep hill underneath that barbed wire, and you're huffing mm-hmm. and puffing at that point. So I can imagine it's not probably the most feasible thing to put a ponytail in your mouth and try to breathe through it. No, but. yeah, I just, I've never even thought of it. And i have that's the first time I've encountered that, and I've ran several races, so it just yeah. wasn't, like, top of mind. It was just one of those stupid things, and I was like, that's okay. You know, I got, like, four or five more races, and we'll we'll work it out, but yeah. then I didn't. COVID! <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember, like, Lindsay got tangled up in the barbed wire with her ponytail real bad in Asheville one year. I can't remember what year it was, maybe 2017 or 2018. Yeah, it's just part of it. It happens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, mine is not quite that long yet, so I'm probably just going to keep it right here where it's at. <laughs> good thinking. Yeah, Definitely just, thinking. you know, low maintenance, you know. So. <laughs> I I agree, actually. But then in the wintertime, it, like, keeps your neck warm, so. Yeah. See, I'm, like, weird. I like long hair, but I don't like having long hair around my ears. So I've got, like, that typical skater haircut where it's long on the top. And it's shaved all the way around, so it's like punk rock as hell. <laughs> well, and, then you can just do like a little top man pony. And I'm 40 years old, and people are like, who's this guy I think he is? And, Who cares? Right. <laughs> what a dude. you like it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ashley, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, I know you live in Idaho, but so like, what you doing over there, man? Like, what do you do for a living when you're not like killing it on the course? <laughs> Um, I do a lot of things actually. So my husband and I run a team of real estate agents. So we have like our own company under like an umbrella broker. Um, we have 22 agents that work for us. Oh wow! And yeah, so I'm a licensed agent, an associate broker, and then I mostly manage the team. Um, Wait, how old are you? Uh, <laughs> why? I'm just wondering. <laughs> That I'm seems pretty 30. accomplished, and, and, and you look pretty young. Oh, I'm 32. Oh, really? Wow. That's pretty accomplished for 32. Oh, I'll take that. But, K- okay, but it sounds better. We started that before. Oh, and I was like, I don't know, our business is like five years old now. Right. So I was in my 20s. Yeah, that's all right. That's pretty okay. awesome. Yeah, I'll take that. Um, <laughs> well, I'm also young for like my year. I graduated grad school when I was 22. Oh, wow. And graduated high school at 17, so, you know. I was, I'm just young for my year, I guess. That really doesn't matter. For your accomplishments? Anyway. <laughs> yeah. What? Young for your accomplishments. Sure. I'll take that. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. And then, uh, so that's our main, my main gig. And then I also am an adjunct professor at the local JC here. So the College of Western Idaho. Um, so I drop knowledge on young minds, which is slightly alarming. but that's my jam i work in the health sciences department so i teach health and wellness stress management (laughs) do as i say not as i do (laughs) and then um this class called the science of speed so it's like a biomechanics kinesis course so if you had to tell somebody how to manage stress in one sentence what would it be hire someone (laughs) (laughs) yeah no Sad. Um, I pay would say somebody some, to do it. <laughs> pay someone to tell you what to do. Yeah. yeah. No, I would. Uh, I would say try several different like methods, and then whatever works, maintain that practice consistently. 
honestly. So, so, but every different things work for different people. So. so apparently, you're pretty good at stress management if you're handling like a realty company and you're a professor dropping knowledge on young kids. Uh, sure. <laughs> we'll call me proficient. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> a proficient. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I actually do coach a little bit on the side. So we have a personal training business that I don't really train much in person anymore. Um, I just have a few people who come to me if they want, like, run programming or OCR programming, and I work right. with them. Um, How many clients you got? I am coaching two right now. Right. <laughs> so, it's, so it's I dapple in it. My husband actually trains in person. We have a gym in our garage, and people come here. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so he's training, like... I don't know, 12 people or something. There's just random people in my garage all Man, time. y'all sound like super busy. I'm like wanting to take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't sit still well. That's not a thing I do. So. Yeah. <laughs> and then train and race. So, yeah. Right. Where, do you have, where do you find tra- time to train when you're professing and selling houses <laughs> and teaching people how to run? Right. So, um, I'm very good at time management. Actually, that's one of like the main things I do with our work is I teach all of our agents how to manage their time. That's like my specialty, I guess. (laughs) Um, so I don't, I just, I have a checklist of things I have to do every day on certain days and I just take them off. Well, thanks for making time for this interview. (laughs) Yep. No problem. (laughs) And I was cleaning my house. So (laughs) word. but yeah, so I, I dapple in a lot of things. Sounds yeah. like it. You sound super yeah. busy. So what has life been like during these awesome COVID times? <laughs> well, um, it's been hard. Everybody says that. Everybody has the same answers. Like, oh, I just want to hug someone. I don't want to do that. I've never been a hugger much anyways. But um <laughs> I, I really just miss being with, like, my race friends. Right. There's, I mean, I've have, I have a couple friends here, but it's different because I finally, like, feel like in the last couple of years, being in OCR, I've found my people, like, mm-hmm. like-minded people who like the same things as me, like, to do the same things as exactly. me. And like me, for me, <laughs> like, just raw, authentic, don't care what your background is, whatever. And the, I, I just miss being around my people. I think that's the biggest thing. And I didn't realize how much I desired that in racing until it was kind of gone. Right. Yeah. Cause I live in like a small, you know, country town. It's not a very big town. And, uh, there's probably like 10 people in this town that, you know, have done an OCR and there's probably only like four of us that are serious about it, you know? So right. there's not a lot of people to like talk to about it. So that's one right. reason why I started a podcast, so I can talk to people about it. So, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I, I miss my people. I miss competing and racing, but I, yeah. I miss my people the most. So So we had a Savage here a couple of weeks ago, and it was it was pretty cool. And I know Savage don't come out there to where y'all are at, but, you know. Uh-uh. But it was pretty cool. And, I mean, how are the people in your state, like, handling like this COVID situation, like is everybody wearing a mask and they freak out if they don't see you wearing a mask? Cause like here in Georgia and in Florida, of course, it's like, it's probably, you know, you, you go places, it may be like 50, 50. Some people wearing them, some people aren't. Yeah. I would say it's probably about the same here. I'm in near Boise, which is the biggest population of Idaho. Yeah. Um, so 
in the city of Boise, like there's mask mandates, but yeah. in the the rest of the state is pretty rural, like the entire rest of the state. Yeah. Like we're talking just farmland and stuff. And I live actually on the outskirts of Boise. I don't actually live in Boise. I live in a different town, but it's right near it. Right. Um, and I, the more rural it is, the less people care. Yeah. <laughs> very conservative state, very colorful people. Um, yes, yeah, what kind of it is here. Yeah. So the only time, like if you're in a, big public place then yeah a lot of people are wearing masks but not everyone and mostly the only place i've seen it on everyone is like a doctor's office and you know places like that yes i work for a hospital and and you can't walk in there unless you got a mask on i mean but i mean yeah that's a given anywhere right well that's here except like you go in the grocery store but and it's not like you might say please wear a mask but maybe 30 percent of the people are yeah, I think they've here in my town. I want to say like restaurants. I think if they choose to, they can actually open up all their tables now if they want to. They don't have oh, to space nice. out. But I think most of them still are. But, oh. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't actually gone to restaurants, so I couldn't tell you. Yeah. I don't. I'm not a big fan of eating out, anyways. I have a weird thing about people touching my food. <laughs> Is that all part of your stress management? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what do you do? I, uh, I have a little bit of anxiety and obsessive compulsiveness. Uh, my OCD resonates in, like, uh, germs. So I don't, that's also why, like, I don't like people hugging or touching me. <laughs> so. I don't, I don't like human germs. <laughs> but you'll jump in a dunk wall, you know, in a race and it doesn't bother you? Yeah, so the race, though, the only people that have gone through first are the men. And I wish that the women went first, except Nicole tells you that she pees in it all the time. So that's not cool either. That's but funny. There's no time. <laughs> How is it? There's no time to pee in it. I mean, you I jump in there so I quick. Like, Nicole, I don't know if I believe you. <laughs> yeah. How do you have time to pee in there when you're only in there a couple of seconds? Yeah, yeah I don't know. <laughs> so what do you do? Like when, when you travel to a race, what do you do? Just go to a grocery store and buy your own food and eat in the room? Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'll order places from places, but I have to, like, I have to do some research and make sure that, like, they have decent reviews, <laughs> and, and it's clean, and it, it has to be a clean establishment. I don't know. It's weird. I know. <laughs> man, think of all the good <laughs> food and good me, restaurants okay? you're missing, man. Wow. Well, no, I'm, that's, and I'm fine with that, but I just, it has to be a clean place. It's cool. You're probably yeah. eating way healthier than half the population just because of that. So that's probably not a bad, you know, thing to be OCD about. So. That's probably true. And when we go to races, like, a lot of us will get, like, a house at Airbnb, and then we'll cool. go to the grocery store and cook and, like, share meals. And I'm fine with that because I trust those people, you know. Right. Or I can see them making it, at least. <laughs> I like how you clean that up. <laughs> I don't trust yeah. them, but I can see them making it. So, seeing's believing. No, I mean, I do trust them. <laughs> so, what about like Subway? Are you cool with the Subway? Oh no, I don't know. I would consider Subway fast food. I don't go there. How about I mean they make the sandwich in front of you and they wear gloves? Though I thought that would be cool. Yeah, I guess that's fine. I just don't I'm not like a Subway fan. You're not a sandwich sounds- person. Yeah, well, I don't eat gluten. Well, they make um, salads, too, and they make it the same way. They're yeah, but if good. I'm going to do that, I might as well just go to the store and get some fresh stuff. Good point. Yeah. <clears throat> and, like, the mayonnaise and, like, the little things, if it has, like, a hardened top on it, and they, like, scoop it out, ooh, that's gross. Nope. No, the mayonnaise is in squirt <laughs> bottles. They put it in the yeah. bottle first, How and then they squirt. How long do you think I've been in that squirt bottle? <laughs> 
Exactly. The point made. All right, shut up. Now you're not making me want to go to Subway no more. <laughs> Just go with oil and vinegar instead of mayonnaise. No, oh, no. Yeah, I usually don't use mayonnaise anymore anyway. So uh, tell us about like your, your athletic background. Did you just, you know, when you got out of college, decided that you wanted to do OCR? Tell us how that journey was from a young wee girl to OCR. Okay, um, like how young? <laughs> I mean, just whenever, what, like, what kind of sports you grew up doing? Okay, so uh, when I was really little, like the first sport I ever did was ski. Um, my parents always talk about how I could ski before I could walk, um, which I don't know if that's real or not, but they claim it all the time. And my dad seems pretty serious. So, um, then I don't know, I was just really active growing up, um, in high school, I played five sports. Wow. Um, I was on the U S uh, development ski team. Like I raced for Mount bachelor ski education foundation in, uh, Bend, Oregon. I'm from Oregon originally. And, uh, yeah, so I raced competitively and then when it was time to go to college, I kind of had to decide if I wanted to continue that career and try to make like an Olympic team or the U S ski team or go to college. And I ran track and stuff in college and I ended up getting kind of burnt out and went to college on a track cross country and ski racing scholarship. Um, and then when I went to college ski racing, there was kind of a joke. I don't want to like rag on the program but it was not like what I was used to being super competitive it was more just like a like a club kind of thing and I it I didn't wasn't taken as seriously and I felt like it took away from the seriousness of track so I opted to stop ski racing and then just ran cross country and track well that sucks yeah kind of I mean it's fine I wouldn't have been it didn't fill my cup the same way like the super competitive community that I was in before did you know so which is, and it's fine. I raced for a long time. I've been to a lot of places, seen a lot of things. Yeah, it was a big deal in my life then. Um, yeah, so then I ran cross country and track in college for four years. And then um, after I got out of college, I wanted, and it felt like I hadn't really tapped into my full potential on the track. And so, what did you do in track? Uh, I was an 800 and 1500 meter specialist. Right. Glutton for punishment. Uh. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Those I loved the PRs. 800, but my wheels were better suited for the 15. Right. What was my PR? Yeah. In college or after college? Well, I mean, personal best ever. I personal best <laughs> ever. And the 800 is a 209, which isn't fast enough to do anything cool. Um, Still pretty fast. <laughs> it's fast, but not fast enough. <laughs> Those The top end girls are running, you know, sub two minutes. So. Yeah. Um, and then my 1500 meter time is, so it's 15, not a mile. Um, I ran a four, four twenty seven. Yeah. Four twenty seven. No, four seventeen. Sorry. Converted to a mile is like a fourth at 27, four thirty wow. ish. Yeah. That's pretty sorry, quick. Yeah. Um, my goal for a long time was to break sub four twenty. Right. Four twenty, um, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, 15, not mile. Right. But I've never actually ran a true mile. So people are like, what's your mile time? And I'm like, uh, I don't think I'm going to do math. You like, you add like 15 seconds or something. <laughs> what did you like better, a uh, cross or a track? Track, for sure. Why? Um, I don't know. Shorter? <laughs> Shorter, yeah. Um, I, 
I think I was just more determined on the track because it was a consistent measure of my improvement. Yeah. Whereas cross country was variable depending on the course, altitude, competition, all kinds of things. Right. Weather, you know, there's just too many variables. I mean, there's variables in track, but not as it's more consistent. And I was, I was chasing being the fastest I could possibly be, you know? So, yeah. Um, See, I love the track, and I just love, I don't know, there's something like that OCD part of me, something just rhythmical and methodical, and just, it it makes me feel, <laughs> uh, I don't know what the right word is, what I'm looking for. Uh, I could just, like, zone out and run in circles. I don't know. It's just always the same. It's consistent. It's a consistent part of my life. <laughs> Every st- time. Do you still run track? Do you still prefer track over trails? No, not <laughs> anymore. It hurts me. Some stuff has happened since then. So, so I mean, when I go to the track, I'm like, oh, nostalgic, and you know, I love right. the smell of the rubber burning under the sun, and like, which is a weird smell, but yeah. I don't yes, know. it is. <laughs> um, yeah. So I kept running after college, um, trying to hit fastest times, and then. Uh, a couple injuries sidelined me, and I found that the track was kind of beating me up. And then I was kind of lost for a little while, and I saw an advertisement on Facebook for a Spartan race here in Boise. And I ran the Open, and I won it, and I compared my times to the elites, and I was like, hey, I could have been, like, in the top five. Huh. And then I went to Utah, ran elite, was very humbled, and then just kept <laughs> chasing it from there. So... Yeah, that's my story. That's your story, and you're sticking to it. <laughs> yep, I guess so. That's, <clears throat> that's it. So, so you talked about you'd uh, had some injuries, but you were also just um, in a hit and run accident not too long ago, too. Yeah, that's that, a thing. That looked pretty. That was pretty scary. Yeah. <laughs> um. It's been a hard one for me to swallow. Um, my injury in the track was I I did it to myself. In college, I fractured my foot um, two weeks before nationals. So that was heartbreaking. Oh, no. My junior year, yeah, it was awful. Oh, I went into a dark place after that. Um, was it just overuse injury, or? Yeah, I think my we just hadn't capped out my volume yet, like how much my body could handle, and we were kind of flirting with the top end of that going oh, into my junior season because, you know, I was still developing freshman and sophomore year, and then I went to conference championships my junior year, and I was like, the top of my foot really hurts. I remember telling my friend in the parking lot one day at the hotel we were staying at, she's like, you should tell our coach. And I was like, no, nah, it'll be fine. I only got two weeks left of the season. It's okay. Oh, and then. Man. Yeah, stupid, so stupid. Mm. Do something about it then. I wish I would have so badly now. But uh, because then in the 800 on the track, I got tripped up and I stepped on the rail and it fractured in the race. Yeah, it was gut-wrenching. I finished, though. I didn't do very well, but I finished. Mm. Man, that sucks. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so that was shitty. But (laughs) And then I did it again after... Like in twenty end of twenty sixteen, because I just ramped up. I thought I was invincible and ramped up my volume too fast and stepped on a rock and had a hot spot. Stepped on a rock and it broke in two directions. So oh that was also stupid. Just from stepping on a rock, right? Why do I keep stepping on these damn things? 
Um, it was just a little rock too. It wasn't the rock. It just was time. Right. I was being dumb. His priority um, kind of had a stress fracture in it probably already. Yep. And then it turned into a full fracture. So, mm. but yeah, so the question was about a hit and run. Yeah. That one is harder for me to swallow because I didn't do it to myself. Like the other ones I did right. to myself. <laughs> so it was easier for me to take responsibility for them. I mean, yeah, I beat myself up about it, but this one was rough um, because someone else then dictated my fate, and I ended up having a fracture. And now I have a fractured tibia. I don't know if you mm. knew that uh, from getting hit by the car. So that's rad, too. So it makes it sound like I'm always injured. I I do take really good care of myself. It's just I mean that was a bad thing that happened. <laughs> yeah, it was. That's scary. I mean, I don't want to dwell on it, and I know it. I don't want to bring up bad memories so i mean if you don't want to talk about it you don't have to but i mean just uh tell us the story like you know what went down what happened because you weren't on a bike you were on one of those elliptigos and what yeah what people if you don't know it's like an elliptical but it's got two wheels on it and it moves like a bike even but an elliptical elliptical on wheels yeah yeah um it's uh yeah i've been training on the elliptical actually for several years um so the bike I was on, I was, was my fourth bike. I actually have a new one now, but, um, yeah, so I was just going out for like a recovery run or recovery ride on a Monday. Sunday's my long run day. So Monday's my recovery ride. Mm -hmm. And I was going down the same road that I ride down. Like literally every time I leave my house, I always ride that road because it's right next to the lake previews not supposed to be a lot of traffic but traffic there's so been a large influx of people in our area and so traffic has increased so was that out in the, is this like a country road or a city road yes it's, this is a country road i live like behind my house is a giant uh alfalfa field and on the other side of that is a mint field right <laughs> And on the other side of that is the wildlife refuge and then a lake. So, wow. it, yeah, it's very rural, too, just like two-lane roads out here. Not a huge shoulder or anything, mm. no bike lanes, no no big intersections, no stoplights, nothing like that, right? Right. Um, yeah, so just riding down the road, and I felt like this jolt, and then I was skidding across the pavement and into the ditch. <laughs> mm. And uh, I didn't, like, I didn't know what happened at first. Um, and then I like, I looked up and it was trash day. So the people who did lived there had their garbage cans out. And my face was like two inches from a giant garbage can. I remember that very vividly for some reason. Um, and then I like rolled over and I made this horrendous sound. (laughs) I realized like what was happening and like taking it all in. Um, and the guy, actually stopped like went up the road a little bit and then pulled off the side of the road and then um another car stopped and this man and woman got out and the man ran over to me because i was on the other side of the road so i got hit from behind yeah um which also i don't understand how that's even possible when i'm on a giant bike because elliptico you set up like higher than a regular bike Yeah. yeah and people ride that road all the time it is well traveled on bikes like that's not a new thing for that particular road um, he was probably texting. I don't know what he, I don't know what, what they were doing. But blind as a bat. Yeah, so he pulled over. Then another guy pulled over, and he came over to help me. And then the guy turned around and like drove back by, and then pulled over again, and then drove away. 
What? It was weird. I don't know why, like, they stopped it to start with, like, just to see if I was dead. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, um, it looks like he was like, oh, she's okay. I'm getting out of here, so I won't get in trouble. I mean, I bet yeah. that's well, what, it, what they were thinking. Right. So, and then, I mean, I wasn't great. There was definitely yeah. blood and stuff. It wasn't supposed to be how it was. <laughs> Man, I hope um, they bust that guy. Yeah, and then they, the guy, like, this was the saddest part. He had he had a handkerchief, and then it was, like, neatly folded. As, I hope it was clean. I assume it was clean. Um, that's not what I was thinking about at the time. But he, like, put it over my <laughs> hand that was just, like, dripping blood everywhere. And then, like, carried me to this lady's driveway. And then the lady who lived right there, she was out there with the lady who was in the car. And they called emergency services. And I could hear the services coming, or the sirens from a long ways away and the fire truck showed up and the police showed up and the ambulance showed up it was a shit show the fire truck showed up <laughs> yeah that was the first car that got there i was like what where's the fire <laughs> i didn't say that um i think it's just because they're first they're like first the responders EMTs. yeah so they came first which is interesting but would have thought the ambulance but what do i know man that's scary i hope karma gets that guy's ass i hope so too Mm. So did the cops even try to look, probably being in such close to such a big city, they'll probably never find him. Yeah, so we're in, I'm in a different county and town than Boise. Yeah. Um, but they didn't, they didn't seem like, yeah, they kind of followed up. They didn't really try very hard though, because I could identify a vehicle, but I couldn't identify like a license plate or right. the person driving or anything. And so I had ideas on how we could track this particular person down. And my husband made a post on social media and that went crazy viral. Like, I don't think he expected it to get as much uh, feedback as it did, but we had people reaching out to us, like trying to help us find him. And we've had a couple of leads actually, but the police won't do anything with those leads unless I have more evidence, basically saying that, like that ties that particular person to that vehicle. And so like we thought about things like OnStar and yeah. stuff like that, that tracks a particular vehicle because of the type of car that it was. But they said, you know, because of privacy laws, they can't just give that information out right. and stuff like that. So that's lame. It was kind of lame. And I asked the officer, cause he came to our house a couple of times. Um, I was like, so what would it have taken? Like would if I would have died, is this when you would have actually like, done something about this and he's like unfortunately yeah but then it would be one of those things where we said if we only could have done something sooner and i'm like well this is your opportunity to right. do something sooner what the hell why did he even <laughs> say that that was I know. dumb to say <laughs> yeah that bugged me and then he also was like yeah the um what is uh the oh gosh i'm struggling for words it's um, okay i do it all the time he said the department's already on like loose or hold, barely holding on by a thread or something like that and i was like probably with all the code you're not crap you're not on. instilling a lot of faith in me right now right come on man <laughs> yeah i mean this car has to have some scratches or dents on it too yeah we have some information about so one of the leads apparently i guess i could tell you this because no one else is gonna do anything nobody listens though. to the show anyway 
Um, apparently, he the person who they we think it is based on what we have been told by other people um, is that he used to own an auto body shop. Perfect, oh, right? Perfect. And already did the repairs on his car. How about that? I was like, well, that's freaking convenient, isn't it? Yeah. So, I don't know. It is what it is. Yeah, that'd be my luck, too. Right? And apparently they didn't have insurance. So, even if I go after him, what am I going to get? Yeah. Besides him get a tongue lashing. Right. I mean, still. You'd get some satisfaction, though. Yeah, but I also don't know that I... It's probably yeah. not worth fighting for. It's probably not the best situation for anyone to be in. Yeah. Especially me, who's got a bunch of anger. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be the one that ends up going to jail. Just oh. going to have to work on that stress management. <laughs> yeah, see, so this is one of those things where I've, just, I've weighed the options, and without more evidence, I can't pursue it further. So... Yeah, but it is a, what it is. a stress fracture in the tibia, that is a bad stress fracture for running. I've had that happen to me before, too. So I, I think I saw you uh, posted that you were able, the doctor released you to do a short, short run uh, a couple of weeks ago. So how's that going for you? How's the recovery been? Uh, um, about that. So it's been a bummer. Yeah, I was allowed to do that, and I got up to 14 minutes. Actually, I have this whole plan put together of how I was going to progress very conservatively. And um, this last week, it didn't go well. And then I went back in for imaging because we were worried something wasn't right. Uh, but the bone's okay, but I could possibly have some soft tissue stuff, so oh, I have no. to take a week off and then start over. Mm. Yeah, I haven't told a lot of people that yet because it was pretty gut wrenching. But yeah. see, I, when when I did mine, I did mine, I guess, from overuse, and it was way before OCR. I started doing OCR. I was just running like five Ks and ten Ks, and yeah. I remember going to and uh, the uh, a sports medicine doctor here, and he's like, "Yeah, just take eight weeks off and try it again in eight weeks." And <laughs> I tried it again in eight weeks, and no, it was no, it was not better. And then I was just like, you know what? I'm just gonna take this time and just cross train. And then I started riding the bike, and I wasn't crazy about riding the bike just for. I just did not like turning my back to traffic for the same reason, you know. I was, yeah. It was scary to me, and I was like you. I was riding country roads as well, but it's just scary, man. And yeah. um, I want to say, like I. I and I probably could have started sooner, but I want to say before, and I started like, I found this like injured runner program that was on the internet and it was like, it was really super basic. It was like, if you hop on your leg 20 times and you don't feel pain, you can go run. And then it had like these, you run for this many minutes and walk for this minutes. And it was, yeah. it, it was a long process, but right. I, I just remember that pain was, it was you could walk fine, no pain. But if you tried to run, it hurt. You know, it was not fun at all. So I've been there, yeah. and I hope you have a quick recovery with it for sure. Me too. But it's been nine weeks. I unfortunately looked at the calendar yesterday, which was also gut-wrenching. So, so it wasn't broken immediately, but the doctor speculates that I had like a bone bruise. And then yeah. because I was determined to not let somebody else 
make my fate, which I should have taken. And everybody told me, you should rest. You should rest. I'm like, no, I'm fine. No, yeah. I'm fine. Um, I was pissed off is what was the right. thing. <laughs> and so I kept training and training through it rather than letting my body's like inflammatory response come down for a few days. Um, so I, I kind of did it to myself, I guess, but it wasn't the original cause. So yeah. I had a weakness in the bone and then I just kept hammering and that's what ended up fracturing it. Well, I mean, you know, when you're, when you're into a sport like we are, you don't want to take days off because you've built this endurance, you know, and you've built this volume, and when you take days off, you feel like you're going to lose it, you know. So, I mean, it's, it's understandable, and anybody would have made that same mistake, too. Yeah, kind of, but I, I should have known I should have known better. But that was also when we thought Utah might be happening, and so I was like, no, i got to be ready. And then, yeah. I mean, See, I guess I kind of lucked out in a way, lucked out, but uh, because this ended up happening when everything got canceled, but... I mean, I still wouldn't really wish it on anyone. <laughs> right. And, and what was and what made me mad about a lot of it too is, I think Spartan was can't. I think they should have canceled the whole season sooner because I think they knew it was coming. I think they were holding out to get more sales. I mean, that's just yeah. my opinion. I have no facts behind that. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I don't want to speak to that necessarily. I know you're on the pro team, so. <laughs> but I just I don't know that that's true but at the same time I think I think they were equally as hopeful. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Maybe I'm, motivations might have been different but equally as hopeful. I really think that they wanted West Virginia to happen, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah. like 2 weeks coming up to it, you know, I remember something happened and the governor said something there, something like that. And I was oh, like Oh yeah, I remember that too. And I was thinking it ain't going to happen. But they were still like you know, Maybe. sticking to their guns and saying, yeah, it's going to happen. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's not. <laughs> yeah, when he, oh, yeah, I remember what the press conference thing you did that kind of went viral. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember watching it. And because for, for the longest time, West Virginia was one of the most lenient states, you know, and they were the last one to get COVID patients, too, if I remember right. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, that was a bummer. Man, I love West Virginia. That's a cool course. I was looking forward um, to it. I'm indifferent, but <clears throat> why it's are you all right. Why are you all right with it? Tell us why you don't like West Virginia. Come on. Well, I don't dislike it. I just like other courses better. Um, what's your favorite course? I always ask this question. Everybody's on the show, but I'm jumping ahead. Um, probably Montana. Why? Because I just love being in the mountains, and it's so beautiful up there, and you can see Flathead Lake, and the terrain is arduous, and you can't, you don't know what's coming. I guess it's kind of similar to West Virginia in that respect, but it's colder. I want to do that race, (laughs) but flights from Atlanta to there are pretty insane. Well, Kalispell is a really tiny town, so it's like a small mountain town. That's part of the problem, yeah, but it's, if you can, you should. It's beautiful. Yeah. And then I also really like Tahoe. It's on my uh, to-do list. I don't really care much about going to Tahoe because I don't want to freeze to death. I I loved that. Last year, Tahoe was awesome. (laughs) I did so well in that race. And, yeah, I mean, it sucked, but there was something, like, so primal about it. And you just got down to, like, it was just gritty and gut-wrenching. And that's what made it so awesome. Like, the 
I loved how hard it was mentally. <laughs> she loved how hard Tahoe was, but she doesn't want to go in somewhere and sit down and eat some dinner. Whatever, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I was on top of a mountain. It's different. Whatever. <laughs> Not sitting in a confined space. And sometimes then the booths, like the tables are too close to you and then you get claustrophobic. No, I'm out. Uh-uh. What? So you're claustrophobic <laughs> and a little germaphobe <laughs> I just, I yeah, so I need wide open fresh air spaces. Right. Mountains. This is perfect. Gotcha. <laughs> so uh about Montana, is that you when they have that race there, is that usually a cold race or is it usually not well you probably don't think it's cold. <laughs> I don't think it's that bad. <laughs> um it can be. It is chilly in the morning just because it's, you know, right off of Flathead Lake, so if the weather's kinda bad then Right. It just it gets yeah it's I would say it's on the colder side, but I've also raced there when it was like once you get moving and you get really warm because it's still pretty moderate temperature. Right. Hmm. Cool. But you got to be moving. If you stop moving, it oh yeah, cold. that's any race, man. Yeah. It's any race. If you stop moving, you're gonna get cold. Yeah, yeah man. I, well, I saw everybody going to Tahoe last year, and that got so cold and snowy. I was like, that looks miserable and i heard about so many people tapping out because they were getting hypothermic that did not yeah. be fun well i mean i definitely had my own bouts of delirium and i i <laughs> really think that i had some hypothermic moments but i didn't stop i was i refused yeah. i was gonna die on that mountain before someone took me off <laughs> how'd you do how'd you do it that race i did great i got seventh oh that's awesome yeah how did you yeah. handle, what was your technique for, like, doing the swim? I heard where some people were, like, putting their windbreakers in, like, Ziploc bags. What was your technique going through there? Get the get the hell out as fast as possible. Right. <laughs> I didn't right. do anything different. I left my coat on. Um, I did kind of make a mistake, though. I should have worn a little bit warmer sleeves because... I, I definitely was cold, and I failed a few obstacles, um, and if I wouldn't have, that would have been a really big difference in my placement. Like, I probably could have broken into the top five. Yeah. Um, and, uh, like, coming off the mountain after the swim, I should have worn a little bit warmer sleeves because my hands were just frozen. Um, so what were you had, wearing? I, what? What were you wearing? I was wearing shorts, a sports bra, and then like a a light uh, windbreaker jacket. That's mm -hmm. it. And then I had gloves. I had black mitts with uh, heat packs in them. Mm -hmm. The one thing I did do though was I kept the heat packs in the black mitts until the swim, and then swam with my black mitts on, so they were like little paddles. Um, huh. And then I took the wet hand warmers out after the swim and put them in actually i put them in my bra <laughs> so that was nice um, and then i i did bring extra hand warmers with me and i put fresh ones in my gloves oh, that was a good idea set. yeah it probably so. took them forever to warm up uh the yeah i was pair. so cold i kind of didn't really notice uh, <laughs> yeah but once they're wet they're kind of worthless for like they only last a little bit longer right so. But yeah, so that was really the only thing I did. And then just, I pretty much just kept telling myself the only way to have this over with is to finish. That's the only way out. So you just ran <laughs> faster, right? I just, yeah, I just did, kind of. <laughs> I just kept saying, you, the only way you're going to be done with this is finish. So keep going. Huh. 
That's pretty cool. So what goals are you setting for yourself for 2021? Or I'm, you're probably not even thinking that far ahead and just trying to get through this recovery, right? Yeah, I mean, I had goals, and now they, <laughs> the, the more recent ones have changed since of my circumstances. But, um, no, I, I guess they could still be the same. Granted, we have a season. I'd, I'd like to finish... I'd like to get some podium spots and some big races and finish in the top five in the series and crush it in Abu Dhabi, I guess. I guess that's where we're going, right? Do you remember the Gar- <laughs> do you did you watch Garfield cartoons when you were a kid? No. We didn't have T V. <laughs> anyway, so there was like a Garfield <laughs> cartoon where there was this other cat that was, you know, brought to his house or whatever and uh every time i hear the word abu dhabi i think of this episode of garfield because garfield (laughs) sings this song about shipping this cat to abu dhabi (laughs) that's fantastic it's hilarious yeah that's funny i used to get up every saturday morning and watch garfield yeah when did y'all get y'all's first tv well i mean we had a tv we just didn't have like cable or I didn't either. We just watched, like, movies. Oh, y'all didn't have, like, rabbit ears to pick up stuff? We lived up in the mountains. I'm from a tiny little town on just on the west side of the Cascades. It's, like, 45 minutes from a town. <laughs> right. Do y'all live at elevation there? Uh, no. No. Not really. How did I you... Mean, did you have a problem with the elevation at uh, Tahoe? Or were you able... No. No, I sleep in an altitude tent, actually, during the season. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, fancy. Fancy? (laughs) My husband hates it. (laughs) Oh, why does he hate it? Well, so, I don't know if you know much about altitude tent, but there's, like, a tent that goes all the way around, like, the whole bed, so you basically sleep in a tent in your bedroom. (laughs) Does it make a lot of noise? Uh, It's just, like, a, it's a generator, it just makes, like, a hum. It's, like, a, it's just, like, white noise. Right. So, yeah, but it's not, like obnoxious um but yeah so we had the it he we would just get really really hot so i ended up getting a head tent so (laughs) just me on my side of the bed sleeps in this little clear tent (laughs) it's funny that sounds romantic (laughs) yeah well i'm I'm here to win races (laughs) none of that during race season honey get on your side of the bed (laughs) and zip up the tent Get out of my tent. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah, people make fun of me, but gotta do what you gotta do. That's right. That's right. You gotta so. do what you gotta do. Yep. But, but yeah, so. No, I didn't know South Street. And I did the mountain series, so I just like being in the mountains. I spend a lot of time there anyway. I do too. I live at Flatlands, but I love the mountains. I would rather do the mountain races than any Jacksonville, Alabama race, hands down. Well, I, I um, want there to be some hills. I mean, they don't have to be gargantuan, but I mean, I don't frown away from those either. But I want there to be challenging technical terrain. I don't want an all-out Oh, this is just a clean field we can run through. Those are the most boringest <laughs> races to me. But I mean, I'll yeah. take that over no racing right now for sure. Right, true. Yeah, I agree with that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, more technical the better. I love technical terrain. I just like it to be challenging. Whatever right. that yeah. is. I, flat races are just not as fun as a challenging race. Yep. 
Nope, and that's not why we do it either. Yeah. So. So you've done Palmerton then, hadn't you? I did last year for the Mountain Series. Yeah. yeah. I actually really liked that venue. Yeah, that's a cool. That's a cool venue. I've enjoyed going there too. Other than the humidity on the East Coast, just zaps me. But I'm not always prepared for that. I just don't realize how tired it makes me so fast. I'm like, whoa, why am I running through a sauna right now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Palmerton's usually pretty warm because it's in July. Yeah, it was very muggy. Yeah. Everything was sticky. Yes, it was. That last year, it was very sticky for sure. Yeah. Yep. That's how I remember it. Sticky. Well, Ashley, we've come to the time in the interview where I usually ask uh, questions that I usually ask everybody. Okay. And these are some of my favorites. So, to this day, and this can be any race, whatever, it doesn't matter, what has been, like, your most favorite race and why? Oh, that's hard to pick one. Um... Pacific you think two? it was going to be an easy interview? <laughs> <laughs> well, usually you'd have like a definitive moment, you know, but, uh, uh, can I have two? Can I pick two? Sure. Okay, great. Thanks. I'll allow it. So I pick Tahoe last year just because I did really well. And we already kind of talked about that. Right. And then my second one is Tahoe again, but 2018 in the team race. Yeah. Because me Casey Monroe, who's my best friend, and Emily Smith, who's also one of my really good friends, um, we were kind of like outliers, not on the pro team yet, and we came in and got third at Worlds, and it was just so much fun running with them and competing well, together. Awesome. It was, yeah, it was a new, like, it was new and a little different, but it was so much fun. I would do that race over again. Because there was a, a bunch of teams, too, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, and we got third. Um, we were the third qualifier for the U.S., and we ended up getting third overall. So it was awesome. That's pretty cool. They didn't do the teams last year, did they? Mm-mm. Yeah. Very sad about it. Yeah, what a bummer. Yeah. Yeah, last year was the year that they did the main race on Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. That was kind of different altogether. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> oh, did you not like was- that either? No, I mean, it was fine. I, I get why they did it. I just wish they would have done a team race instead. <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. Well, I think it, you know, because I think a lot of people would have liked to have doubled up and done the ultra, would have rather done the ultra on Sunday and still been able to do, you know, the main mm-hmm. event on Saturday too. So I think that's kind of where, you know, they probably lost money because of that too as well. That's true because, yeah, they did the ultra Saturday then, huh? Mm-hmm. So you couldn't double. Yeah, I wouldn't have done the ultra, but I do. I see where you come from. Have you ever done a Spartan ultra? I have not. Actually. You need to. They're super fun. My goal was I was gonna do one at the end of this year, after t- Worlds, but well, that didn't happen. No, it did not. <laughs> so, no, it did not. Yeah, they're fun. But, uh, you definitely will hurt the next day after it, but it's I just. That. Running a Spartan race all day long is so much fun. And even like halfway through it, you'll be like, why am I doing this? But still, at the end of it, it's just like, you know, when you got that first feeling, when you finished your first beast and you were like, man, that was awesome. It's like tenfold when you finish an ultra. All right. I can see that. 
see that. Definitely got to. And you definitely got to go to Killington and do it because Killington is super fun. It's super rad in the worst, awesomest, coolest, <laughs> painful way. I have not done Killington. Every so. year I finish the ultra. I've done it twice, and both times I said, I'm never doing this ultra again, and I'm already signed up for it next year. So. <laughs> fantastic yeah it's just one of those things where it it hurts and but once you you get that feeling of finishing such an awesome task it's really pretty cool right makes sense i feel you okay so what has been like your worst race or the worst or the race that you hated the most and why or disliked the most most people don't like it when i say hate i don't care if you say hate yeah. I hate a lot of things. You already said that you're an angry person. I did? Well, you said you had anger. Oh, well, yeah, toward the guy that hit me with his car. Right, yeah. <laughs> I'd be mad if somebody hit me with a car. <laughs> like, everybody should have anger in that situation. Yeah. <laughs> of not be normal if you didn't. Well, I mean, you, you know, you got some people out there was be like, well, I didn't know the total situation, so I for, forgive and forget, you know. I mean, there's some people out there like that, but you cl- you plainly said that it's... It, it angered you. He hit me with his car. Oh, it would have angered me if I mean if I'd have saw him ride off, I would have been like, man. I did. I yelled. In that moment, I did. I was like, what are you? What kind of a person does that? Oh, I was like man. screaming. It was it was awful. Can't like anyways. if I knew for sure if it was the dude at this body shop that you you know y'all think it may be, like there would totally be some kind of vandalism going on out there. <laughs> Well, he used to have the body shop. We don't know that. We don't. He doesn't still have it. That's oh. the thing. This yeah, guy sounds right? like he's flight risk, man. Shady. I know. <laughs> uh, anyway, so the race that I disliked the most. Uh, that's kind of hard. One kind of comes to mind, but I mean, it wasn't like awful. And the reason it was, it was awful for me, but. Like, when I say the results, people would be like, well, that's not awful, but it was for me. Um, Boise last year, actually. So the Boise race was my very first race ever. I ran open the first year. The next year, I won Elite. And then last year, I got third um, behind Rose and Leanne. That's a sprint, right? Yeah, it's a sprint. And the course just kind of sucks, I'm not going to lie. Flat. It's just not – there's one hill – um, and it's just, a, it's, we're at the, we're in the high desert, so it's just plain, mm. like, it's just grass and dust, and it's hot. In June here, it is hot, mm. <laughs> like 100 degrees, so, I mean, I guess you're used to hot down where you're at, too, oh, but, yeah. um. But our races are here. usually in the colder seasons down here, you know. Uh, yeah, this is June 30th, so, like, yeah hot um yeah i just i it was really stupid i put so much pressure pressure on myself because it was my home race Hmm. uh like the news did a thing about me and it was like a big thing and i knew a whole bunch of people that were going and i i didn't choke but i just the build-up was massive yeah the build-up was massive for this silly little sprint and i put so much pressure on myself that it just it wasn't fun it was not a fun race for me um i didn't want to do it i didn't yeah everything about that leading up to it made it not enjoyable and then i just i raced like crap 
If only you I, knew a professor in stress management that could have helped you with that. <laughs> oh, the irony, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, no, that's okay. That's not the first time I've heard that. <laughs> um, yeah, so I just, I did not, I didn't show up well. I didn't manage the stress well. I didn't compete well. I didn't compete with myself well. I was very not pleased with my mental fortitude on that day. So and it was all intrinsic and on the outside people would be like, well, why are you upset with that? But it was just my own, like I didn't reach any of my own personal inside goals. Hmm. <laughs> so. well, that's understandable. I mean, yeah, it happens. It happens to everybody. Yeah, it does. And then I pulled my head out and did way better. I hate it on like, you know, you're trying to sleep the night before a race and you wake up. And you're like, oh, I'll, I'll just go back to sleep. And then you start thinking about the race. And you're like, uh, crap, I'm not going back to sleep now. <laughs> you know, no, you can't. You can't think about it. Uh, it's it's uh, the worst, man. Trying to sleep was, the night before the race is so hard. That was one of the things last year that I actually struggled with a lot um, was pre-race anxiety. Uh, um, specifically, going into Palmerton was one of the worst experiences because my flight got rerouted oh, to... No. Yeah, I was supposed to go fly into Pittsburgh, and then there was a storm, and then my flight got rerouted to Allen, what is it, Allentown, uh, Allenville? I what? think it's Allentown, I think. Allentown, which is where I was actually trying to go, but then they wouldn't let me off the plane, and I was like, no, I, this is where I want to be, let me off this plane. <laughs> so oh, like, because the they whole... still wanted to fly you to Pittsburgh? Oh, that was, yeah. oh man. And it was we were already like three hours late, like everything about it was just traveling to get there was so stressful um and then i ended up getting there and i didn't sleep like at all i leading up to it i had been having a lot of trouble with pre-race anxiety like that night and just calming my nerves and calming my mind right. and that night i didn't fall asleep until like 3 a.m oh, and no. casey was with me and she gave me melatonin at like three in the morning ah. terrible idea don't do that <laughs> It was so awful because I woke up the next day and I was like a zombie. I slept for like two hours. I couldn't oh, function. I felt drunk at the start line. Oh, so the venue was great, but I. I was think she just drank like three cups of coffee and then chased it with some Endurly. I did. I did all of those things. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am sponsored by Endurly. That's, so, you, that's yeah. usually my pre-race routine. I will drink at least two cups of black coffee and 30 minutes before the race, I will drink some Endurly. I drank coffee when I first got up on the way there, then some Powerade, and then definitely Endurly before the race started. <laughs> and I still felt groggy and uh, weary. It was weird. It was a weird feeling. Well, did you have a good race? I did. I got second. <laughs> See, there you go. I mean, I wish I would have won, but Amanda got me that day, probably because I didn't sleep. <laughs> well. <clears throat> and I was at the top of the mountain. I was like, where am I again? Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, that just shows you that you do well under pressure. Yeah. I See? imagine if I would have rested how well I would have done. <laughs> For real. So, That's okay, right. So, okay. What is, like, under perfect conditions... What is, like, your race ritual? Like, Friday night, what are you doing? Saturday morning before the race, what are you doing? And then, like, after the race, if you're going to race on Sunday, what are you doing to prepare? Oh, my gosh. This is a long answer. Are you sure you want that? Sure. I'll go, I'll go as fast as I can. 
<laughs> okay. I got all night. Spring race the day before. I get up and I do a shakeout run with some drills and like functional, uh, like like the mechanical things. I guess not functional. Sorry, mechanical drills and a few strides. And then I sit down with the course map, actually, and I run the race in my mind with headphones in and white noise, and everybody has to leave me alone. <laughs> um, <laughs> and if you room with me, you know that I need, like, an hour to do my thing. Right. Um, so I I run the race in my mind, all the obstacles, every possibility that could happen, weather, all kinds of things, um, and make a plan of, like, a race plan for based on terrain, all that jazz. And then I journal um, uh, just a short little bit with, like, affirmations and stuff. And then I meditate because now I've got myself all high strung. Right. (laughs) And then I use my Headspace app after that to bring myself back down. (laughs) Um, And then physically, uh, you will take roll, take an ice bath, and I always have – Yet anyone that rooms with me knows this. A gluten-free, dairy-free pizza the night before the race. That's my pre-race meal. <laughs> Where do you get those at? Is that like one of those cauliflower pizzas? Ew, no. Well, some of them are cauliflower crust, but no. Uh, most pizza places have gluten-free crust, and then I just don't eat dairy. Like Pizza Hut? I'm lactose intolerant, so I don't. Pizza Hut might. Probably not very good, but usually I look for like an artisan-type pizza place that has a... What's that brand that makes like the bread that's what is it? The UDI? What is it? How do you, I don't even know how you say it, but they they have a gluten free crust at a Pizza Hut. But if you're not putting cheese on it, that that doesn't sound like fun. It's basically like a flatbread with stuff on top. With marinara and vegetables. Uh, I usually get vegetarian and add chicken. So well, that might not be too bad. That might not be too bad. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad at all. So, yeah, always my pre-race meal. And then I roll, meditate before I go to bed so I can try to sleep, like a sleep meditation. <laughs> um, and that was that's what I developed last year when I couldn't sleep anymore. Right. Then the day of, I get up, and the first thing I do is actually I, well, I get dressed, and then I go outside, um, like immediately at like 4.30 in the morning. And wow. I walk around the block or wherever I am for a few minutes and then jog a little bit, then do leg swings and stretch and roll to wake up my nervous system. Because, fun fact, it takes about four hours for your neuromuscular system to be completely awake. And we race early, so that's hard to do. So I try to speed that up by doing that. And then I eat two pieces of gluten-free toast with almond butter and a banana. And then I get all my crap ready. And go to the race, and then do my warm up, and take my end early. Third, it's seven fifteen. I have an alarm set on my watch, seven fifteen every morning. <laughs> take my end early, and then uh, uh, run like hell. Yeah. And then if I'm in a race the next day, I will jog six to ten minutes after the race. Do this series of exercises called that I call DST, so dynamic strength training. It's just body weight movement stuff to get blood flowing and hopefully make me less sore. Take a nice bath again later in the day and do it again. Hmm. That was a lot. Sorry. Yeah. Your race ritual okay. stresses me out. What? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm very regimented, so it's like it's, yeah. I don't think about it. It's just clockwork. It just happens. Yeah. You just about need to get there on Thursday to do all this stuff. I usually do. 
That makes sense. Okay, so... Ashley, this is about all the questions I got. Is there anything you want to add? You got any sponsors you want to shout out? Oh, yeah, we've talked about Endurolite. Uh, also around Versalming, if you haven't used their trail shoes, they're legit. I'm not just saying that because I actually really do love them. And, right. Uh, <laughs> they just change the upper and they're, like, super comfortable. Do they work um, for, then, like, you know, they're not, like, narrow like the VJs are, are they? No, no, not super narrow. Um, some reviews say they're more narrow than, like, the Ultra, but nothing is as wide as oh, the yeah, Ultra. Oh, yeah, of course. I, 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 that's what I run in is the Ultras. I'd say they're pretty, they're, they're average. They're yeah. not narrow, but they're not wide. But they're yeah. nef- definitely not like the VJs. Right. That's why I like them, because my foot doesn't slop around, but they're not, like, cutting off circulation. Right. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then I work with Venga, um, and they've been a savior, actually, during this uh, whole leg break situation. So. Oh, yeah, they hooking you up. Yeah, they've been helping me out, taking good care of me, and the balm has been highly recommended by my physician. Um, and so I've been, I use it like three or four times a day. <laughs> so the balm's the balm? The balm is the balm, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So does the do the do the gels you take does that help you sleep at night? Um, I take them at night because it does make me. They do. I find I get more deep sleep on my little app thing than uh, when I don't take them. Right. So, yes, my percents are higher. You know, I, I know a lot of people that uh, uh, swear by them and like them, and, and I tried them for a little bit. But to me, I felt like I was sleeping too hard. And oh, I actually sounds so bad. Well, I mean, it's not. And I understand, you know, they're supposed to help you recover, and I get that. But like, I was sleeping so good because I was actually, I think, for a little while, I was taking like a three milligram melatonin with it too. Oh. Because I remember Jacob was saying he did that, and like, I remember I would wake up at like five a.m. planning to do a workout, and I'm like, man, I'm sleeping so good, I'm going back to sleep. And so, <laughs> I kind of maybe just do one or the other. Yeah. Yeah, I kind I kind of backed off of it. But (laughs) that and it's kind of expensive too. Wow, I got a discount code. Everybody's got a discount code for Vinga. Share your share your discount code in case anybody wants to check it out. But for real, I mean, I think I bought. I went through like three bottles of it, and I was like, "This is it. It is good for recovery because it makes you sleep." very well but it was stopping me from wanting to get up and do anything (laughs) well i mean maybe you just needed to sleep longer maybe that's your body saying hey we need more rest yeah maybe i was just going through a hard recovery time with myself (laughs) (laughs) yeah so my code's just ashley 10 that's pretty easy to remember ashley 10 ashley 10 Okay, one more question, and I'll leave you alone for the rest of your life, probably. Probably, maybe. (laughs) So, tell us something that most people don't know about you. Oh. Oh, I get that one sometimes. But now that I've said it, people know. Um, I have OCD. (laughs) No, a lot of people know that. I feel like you're pretty open about that. Yeah, I mean, it's just me. It is what it is. If you don't like it, it sucks right. for you. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, here's a fun one-ish. So, Ish. I really like being outside, right? And I've wanted a stand-up jet ski for a really long time. And, well, I have one now. But okay. when I bought it, it's 
a performance like line like you're not supposed to sell them to the general public i guess so Hell in order yeah. to find this what <laughs> Wait, what'd you say? I said, hell yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so you're not supposed to sell the new ones. I mean, there's older ones out there, but the new ones to the general public. So in order to buy this jet ski, I had to sign up on the pro jet ski racing circuit. So I'm a pro jet skier. <laughs> hey. Got any sponsors for that, raced. too? Nope, never you should, actually raced. <laughs> you should totally put that on your Instagram profile. That sounds cool as hell. But I've never actually done it, so then I'm just a poser. It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, but I get like things in the mail, and I'm like, oh, cool. Sign up for your is. first race. <laughs> that would be uh, that sounds expensive. So that's like one of the jet skis that actually it folds, you know, right? And like people do tricks on and stuff. You see them? Yeah. Tri- yeah. Yeah, it's a, a Yamaha Super Jet. That's pretty cool. Not that means a lot to you, but... Have you rode it's it fantastic. yet? It's a two-stroke, and have I ridden it? Oh, yeah, I ride it every summer. I've had it for a few years now. Oh, yeah? Really? Yeah. Yep. It's... Uh, her name is Shasta. That's what I call Shasta. it. Shasta. <laughs> what a great name. I know, right? <laughs> Anything that you can ride has a name in my world. That sounds cool. Mm-hmm. Well, all right, Ashley, I appreciate you coming on and talking to us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. And uh, hopefully we'll see you at your race soon in 2021. Hopefully it's a better year. Yes, it's going to be. We'll all put that energy out there. It's going to happen. Fingers crossed. Yeah. All right, Ashley. We'll talk to you later. All right, thanks. Bye. Hope you enjoyed the interview. I want to thank Ashley again for taking the time to talk to us. Uh, I've done a couple of races since last time I've been on here. Did the uh, Savage Race, which uh, it was really good time. We uh, ran a trail race earlier that morning, so we just went to Savage and just kind of did a fun lap and just goofed around on the obstacles and had a good time. But, you know, Savage did a really good job with making, you know, giving everybody a mask before they come in. Now, whether they wore the mask the whole time, that was a different story. But it was a big open field, so if you chose to stay six feet away from somebody, you had every opportunity to do that. I mean, it's just, I mean, I would still feel safer going to a savage race or an obstacle race than, you know, say, going to a grocery store or, you know, because you're outdoors. And, I mean, I just felt like, in an outdoor environment, even when people are closer together, I still feel like you're you're more safer than being inside somewhere where there's artifacts that you're picking up, like groceries and stuff, and everybody's coughing and sneezing on everything and spreading COVID. But anyway, so yeah, Savage was a cool race. We had a good time. Like I said, they have great obstacles, and I, I want to say they've already had their uh, race in Texas at this point. I want to say it was like last weekend. I know they got another one coming to Florida. Uh, one's coming to Charlotte, and I think the one in Charlotte is in December the 6th, so uh, it'll be a good time. It'll be a cold race. Uh, they didn't have the ice bath uh, obstacle. Trying, I think it's called Shrivered Richard or, Richard or something. They didn't have that one. They didn't have Davy Jones Locker, which is a cool kind of just jump into the water. They didn't have that obstacle, but they had just a bunch of cool rigs and wheel world and 
it was like twirly battering ram or battering ram twirly bird you know they mix they'll combine two obstacles into one so if you've been you know one of those people that complains about how the rigs at Spartan are easy. You need to go check out Savage because they're a little bit more difficult. And uh, also on their on their Pro Wave, it's mandatory obstacle completion too. Most of y'all, I'm sure, already know this, but I'll tell you again anyway. So, like I said, you wear an armband, and if you make it past the obstacle, you continue on. If you fail the obstacle, you continue to try to complete it and if you give up they cut your band and let you go on and you just finish up as a fun lap so they've <clears throat> but they've, they've got a really good race and uh they got a really good following too i, I want to say the one here in georgia had like maybe 1600 people race i'm not sure but they always have like some cool stuff in the festival area as well but uh we enjoyed it and we had a good time uh also this past weekend i ran the blue ridge ultra 50k in blue ridge georgia and a bunch of people on the discord were there uh matt b davis was there with his friend dario uh sophia harnady was there uh xander was there and uh oh there was a few other people from the discord and i can't remember their name because i suck with names but anyway we all got a cool picture at the beginning of it it was pouring down rain and um the first 15 miles were great it was you know up hills and down hills it was technical good trail running and i loved it um i want to say in the first 15 miles there was a little bit of service road running and I was doing pretty good. I was averaging, uh, I was averaging five miles an hour for the first three hours, and then, like, I was starting to get sore, and we hit this service road that was ten miles long, and I didn't know, you know, I just hit the service road, and I was like, this sucks, you know, but I had no idea it was ten miles long, and it might have said on the map. I didn't, I didn't look at it, but I was already at that point where uh i've been struggling with a hamstring injury and like every time i do speed you know it really just flares up and gets sore kind of like it feels like it's cramping up so most of the work i've been doing has been like zone two zone three work you know slower paces just be working on my base and uh like i said this road i was already starting to kind of hurt and you're getting in that stagnant running form and stagnant just pace and i'm like oh it was just it was probably it was the worst part of the race to me when we hit we got back on the trail for like maybe the last five miles we got back on the trail got some good heels in some good downhills in i was ready to go and i want to say like mile 28 was my fastest mile and uh it was good finish, you know, and I, I recovered pretty well from it. I think I got on the stair climber a couple of times this week, and this morning I did my first run, and today's Thursday, and the race was Saturday. So I did like a four-mile just easy run today. It felt pretty good, you know. I felt, felt slow, of course, and heavy, but felt pretty good, you know. It was a good race, had a good time, 
got some good sweets, went to the sweet shop in Blue Ridge and got me a good piece of cake and they had like some macaroons there. But, and this was like supposed to be like this really awesome cake store and like they were on Cupcake Wars and had like these different flavored cupcakes, but come on man, this place was just average at best and I think location and them pushing that they were on Cupcake Wars or whatever, it just... It, it wasn't all that, and it was kind of expensive, too. Like, My Lady Bakery, which is one of the bakeries in my town, is awesome, and their cakes are way better. So, I don't know. Maybe just here in the South, just the bakeries are better. But anyway, and then we went to an awesome barbecue place that has these awesome smoked wings, and I got one of those chocolate chip cookies in a skillet, and that was like my last thing I ate Saturday night. It had chocolate syrup and ice cream on it. It was super good. And uh, it turned out well, but I uh, had a good race. Like I said, the worst part was just the service road. I ended up placing, I think, 21st, and it was like six hours. And I remember I was I was looking at my watch, you know, and there was this one guy that was behind me, and he had already passed me on the service road because he was just a faster flat runner than me. And I passed him on some technical downhills. But we went up a couple of uphills and he was right behind me. And there was like a section where you got on the road to run back into the finish line. And it was like maybe three quarters of a mile to get back to the finish line. And I remember just, I was like, man, he's going to pass me because he's just a faster runner. And I just turned it on right there at the end. And I was pretty, pretty happy. I had a little push at the end of a 30 mile race. So it was pretty cool. And pigged out all day Sunday and Tried to get back on track Monday. Kind of halfway did. So it was a good race, good time. It was fun hanging out with people that I hadn't seen in a while. Wish I could have hung around a little bit later, but we had to get back and get my girlfriend's kids. And uh, my girlfriend, she ran the uh, 15K, and she did great. I think she placed, oh, my God, she, pra- she placed 11th in uh, the females in uh, the 15K, so I was super proud of her. You know, we just had a really good time. It was just good to get to a race. And, you know, there was no ultras this year. You know, Miss Killington. So this was kind of like a a little baby Killington with no obstacles. I think we only got like maybe 5,700 feet. But it was still, it was a good race. And they had like a kilometer gain on one climb. And, you know, it was fun just to get out there and climb some hills, man. And just be in a competition with some people for a long haul. It was fun, and it was a pretty area. I just didn't like the service road. But anyway, no new reviews. Uh, I don't really have any races coming up. I think uh, we're going to do some more of those dirty spoke trail races that are in the northern Atlanta area up and around there. Uh, I think the next one's on Halloween. And uh, we're also going to do one of the run, run bum races. I think it's called Sky to Summit. I forget where it's at. And uh, I think we're doing a Dirty Spokes trail race the day before that because that race is actually on a Sunday. And I want to say that's November the 14th and the 15th. So uh, I want to say there's like four more of these Dirty Spokes races we're doing. But, you know, so not a whole lot going on. I may go to Savage in December. I don't know. Just going to have to see how these other races pan out. But anyway... No new reviews at this time. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. If you want to talk, holler at me. 
and hopefully we'll see you at the next race and hopefully cross your fingers that all this COVID crap is going to go away. There's going to be some magical cure, medicine, injection, or vaccine. Hopefully everything's fixed and 2021 is just the best year of our lives and it's going to be just positive thinking and everybody's going to be happy and it's just going to be an awesome year. I'm so looking forward to it. I already got another interview lined up and hopefully I will get it done in the next two weeks, y'all. We'll see you at the next race, hopefully. Peace. Later.